Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold podcast. Chris and Alan will be sharing unique and raw insight on what it takes to succeed. Both hosts are authors and businessmen and have been mentoring and consulting for their clients for over 50 years with their combined knowledge. So without further ado, we have an exciting show for you today. Let's get started. Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie with Think Bold, Be Bold and my awesome, awesome co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, how are you today? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you, my other awesome co-host? Actually, I get to say it now, my only other co-host. <laughs> All right, good. Touche. And uh, I usually do that to you, but I didn't do it today. So I uh, appreciate that, and uh, I can take it just as much as I can give it. And, you know, I'm, uh, and I say this a lot, and I realize it, so I'm going to try and use a new v- vernacular, but I'll say this one first. I'm super excited to have, uh, you know, our guest coming on, and he's an amazing guest, and someone, you know, Quite frankly, the story is pretty cool, and and I'll, and I'll certainly let uh, everybody know you know how we met along the way. Uh, but before we get into a lot of the discussion today, and um, you know, I want to give always uh, the unique pleasure uh, you know for Alan to uh, introduce our guest. But you know, I'm just going to give you a perspective on this gentleman, and I've been able to follow him. And, and you know, it's funny, time goes by very fast, and it's been a good year and a, I want to call it a year and a half almost. And um, you know, this guy came up to me with him at an event, and you know, I, I, I recognize the, you know, the name on his badge, but you know, he said, Hey, uh, Chris. And, and, you know, I said, Hey, and he, and he goes, you're, you're, you're the one in that co- cowboy hat. And then I'm like, looking at him, like he has three eyes and I'm like, cowboy hat. I'm, Listen, I, I, I'm from Toronto, dude. Like we don't, you, you don't, I don't know what you know about Canada, but we don't wear cowboy hats up in Toronto. And, uh, anyway, I realized afterwards we were friends on, uh, you know, Facebook first and, you know, what a great social media and we can talk about that in a second. Uh, but I realized I was at the beach and I had my cowboy hat on and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that I just, you know, it faded out of my mind. But when I went, you know, and and it clicked in, obviously when I was talking to him, oh yeah, you know, of course. And, uh, you know, it was great. And he reached out to me and, you know, I'm a true believer. There's a reason for everything. And I've got some really amazing things Carlton and I are going to be working on. And uh, now that he's part of the alumni family, um, you know, again, I'm going to give the unique pleasure to introduce, uh, Alan, introduce uh, our guest today, and then we'll come back and, and we've got a lot to talk about. So as I always say, get your journal out and um, get your pen ready because every guest that comes on have something to share that's going to, you know, blow your mind. And uh, this this is no exception. So, Alan, take us away. Hey, thanks, Chris. Uh, great, uh, great summation there. And I know you've got a lot of uh, history with this gentleman. I want to make sure uh, we get to that and that uh, he's able to really spell out uh, exactly, you know, the benefits and things he'd have been able to bring. Um, I feel, and I know you do too, I feel extremely privileged uh, with the guests that we've had and especially uh, that we're attracting and, and working with and alongside professional athletes. And I think that's a whole new lifestyle for a lot of people to really understand what goes through the mind and out the eyes and and the uh, the body and the commitment level of athletes, what goes into that lifestyle, and it it transfers and transcends all aspects of your life. And uh, I'm excited to hear how that works, having never been in athletics, not that I didn't want to, but uh, never been able to compete in anything. And um, so I, I, I really feel extremely privileged. Um, I'm just going to say, uh, th- this this young guy, and, and he's younger than I am, so everybody's younger than I am is a young guy, uh, <laughs> <Appreciate> that. <laughs> hails from uh, Tampa Bay, and I, and I love Tampa Bay. I've only been there once, but I love it. Uh, professional athlete, uh, competed all over the world, lots of titles, lots of associations. I don't usually get real specific with uh, with exactly what they do, but he's unlocking the physical possibilities, and I love this, of the human machine. I think that's an awesome way to describe how we operate as people. And I, and I, 
I want to be able to get the technologies and his experiences and so forth into the conversation as we create the conversation. But he's a master body engineer. He works with people all over the world. He works with the uh, the Navy and, and some other great organizations. So without further ado, oh, and I wish we had an audience clapping as we introduced our guest <laughs> because they definitely deserve it. But Drum please roll, help welcome. Please. There we go. Here, I'll do it. <laughs> Carlton Gold Meadows. Carlton, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, it's a privilege to be hanging out with you guys, not only today, but as Chris said, over uh, social media for the last year and a half or so. And uh, great privilege to meet you, Alan, to see you face-to-face through this wonderful technology we're using. So, hey, let's make it happen. Carlton is in the house. I always have to say that. Um, You know, it's one of those things. It's one of our quirky things. But, you know, Carlton, um, you know, you've got an amazing um, business. And, you you know, and and Alan, by the way, great introduction. And, you know, I just want to let everybody know on on the show today that we get the unique pleasure. And it doesn't happen, you know, a lot in life. But... Um, we have the unique pleasure to be talking to uh, a future Olympian and someone who's yep. going after the, the, the real games. It's coming up, and he's taken some time out to spend with us as well as the audience to bring some of, again, some of his knowledge because he has a ton to share, and we can talk for a couple hours. In fact, we joked earlier with uh, Carlton that he's going to have to take a, a few hours out with us today and, <laughs> and, and get through everything. But uh, we were just joking, of course, and we try to keep this uh, show nice and tight and bring out the genius. Um, but, you know, it's amazing when I look at the, you know, this career of, uh, of Carlton and, and, you know, like he said, we, we had um, the opportunity to know each other through watching each other's, uh, you know, daily endeavors and things that we post and, you know, our families and, and things like that. And, and you know, um, we met once and we only had that one opportunity to, uh, to shake hands and be around each other. And we didn't really even hang out that much at the event, it's, let's say, but I feel like I've been hanging out with this guy for a long time and that's what I love and he's got so much to share and you know again being part of uh, you know uh, um, all the things he's done and you know right from and I can't wait to hear this part of the story but you know a letter from uh, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger um, you know he'll be back you know we have to say that I had to say that sorry I had to say that Um, but uh, (laughs) who doesn't want to say that come on it it goes hand in hand with you know saying the name right with the government Uh, but you know, let's let's just dive right into this because uh, it's exciting. Now, Carlton, um, you know, thank you for being here. First of all, bottom of my heart, you're an awesome individual, and you've got you know you've got a commitment level that is like no other, um, and it has to be in order to do the things you do and keep up with your business, keep up, you know, with with um, you know what you're endeavoring on as a as a big goal in my mind. So it's amazing. Welcome. Uh, so let's get into it, um, Carlton. I have to ask you, you know, yes. bring us, you know, back in your history, um, because you talk about being a, you know, weak, scrawny, sickly kind of kid and, and, and last to be picked, you know, in all teams and, you know, things like that. And all of a sudden you fast forward and you're strong, you're fit. Um, everybody wants to be your friend and, uh, you're going after the, uh, you know, the Olympics, which is amazing. Uh, bring us, you know, back in history and tell us what, you know, what sort of corresponded to where you, you know, are now. And then obviously a vision of what's going, you know, next. And I know you've got an amazing business and we'll certainly get into that and, and how people can contact you and be part of that. Uh, but bring us through, uh, bring us through the story. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Well, you know, you have, you have motivational posters, um, with quotes and eagles and mountains. And then you have spoofs from those posters. That, and the one I read, it said, if at first you don't succeed, get used to losing. And so <laughs> I didn't agree with that. I said, if at first you don't succeed, do some research and figure it out. Right. And so when I was a kid, I was surrounded by commercials and billboards of, you know, Edwin Moses, these triathletes like Dave Scott and Scott Tinley, the rivalries and athletics and Carl Lewis. And I wanted to be one of those guys. But the truth is, some mornings I couldn't push myself off of my stomach if I slept on my stomach. My my arm, my elbows gave me problems. I mean, when we played tag in the neighborhood, if I got tagged, 
that was the end of the game. I couldn't catch little kids when I was in sixth grade. I couldn't catch the kindergartners and the first graders. So I just, I didn't accept that as, as the end. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile barrier. And so I began to daydream, and, and I bought the basic set of weights with the cement-filled plastic plates. And, <laughs> I remember you know, those. I, I can remember those, yep. I almost threw my back out because I didn't know what I was doing for the overhead press. And, you know, I, it, it, basically it was a part of me. I just had to figure out how to harness it and how to let it out. You know, because I had a lot of anger as a kid, too. You know, so I, there was this crazy strength that wasn't commensurate with my weight <laughs> or right. my build. And, you know, you and I are both wrestlers. And that's where I began to see some promise. Weight classes and, you know, I was able to dominate without skill uh, and then when i learned how to to exercise the fundamental moves i was hooked i love it so are you are you saying that you got a bit of a hulk in you yeah i provide uh, <laughs> temporary housing for the incredible hope <laughs> so don't get you mad basically is the scenario okay get Good. mad when i'm lined on the track if, if i'm <laughs> at the start line I, I need to be mad nice okay so you've harnessed that and and you and you figured it away and um, it sounds like, you know, with those challenges, um, you know, you were, um, you were committed and it, would you say that that was probably the, the beginning of, um, you know, your deep rooted commitment because listen, you know, doing what you do and, and just, you know, in general being, um, fit as you are and the things that you train other people to do, there has to be a level of commitment in there. Would you know, bring us through that a little bit because, you know, it's definitely an interesting topic. And, and I think for our audience, um, you know, they're all probably, you know, wanting to hear something that's going to, you know, motivate them or inspire them and, you know, bring us through that. Well, this is a great uh, plug for Think Bold, Be Bold, as well as the Success Playbook, because I look at the quotes from Brian Tracy. You know, today I was brushing my teeth and I'm listening to Les Brown. He says, you know, you're going to have to fail forward. And that's what happened. I continue to fail. The commitment was there. It was just, it took a while for the results to begin to manifest. And so I never gave up until after I retired. That's when I was like, well, you know, I got to get through physical therapy because I tried to compete while I was in the military, but my rotations and commitments didn't really line up with the Olympic schedule. And then when they were kind of close, the staff that I worked with, they really didn't see my athleticism as a, as a benefit to the Navy. And so I couldn't just leave and go and compete because there were administrative restrictions. So mm-hmm. once I finished physical therapy and I got on the treadmill and I saw that I was running just as fast as I had ran in high school, I Figured, okay, maybe you're just elated that you've gone through this therapy. I wanted to have some structural integration done. The Navy didn't pay for it or didn't really offer it while I was in. But when I retired, I found a VA clinic that actually had some very qualified physical therapists. And they often tell you to rest it, don't test it. And I'm jacking the treadmill up to 12 miles an hour. I was like, oh, let's take it a little higher. Probably got up to like 15 miles an hour. And I said, okay, I haven't run in months. This may not be the wisest thing to do <laughs> got out the treadmill <laughs> let some time not. go by started running 5k's my time continued to drop consistently they continued to drop and so i said all right i'm back to running did a book signing i saw a poster of uh jennifer simpson my mom's maiden name is simpson she's holding the flag she had been in some international competition and i said man i should go to the olympics and the store manager said i don't see why you wouldn't because we're here to support you and you already have one sponsor and that's the, you know, in Genji footwear and a few more runs. And that was it. I was committed. I said, okay, this is something is now or never. I've been through the physical therapy. I have no restrictions on my time as far as military commitments. Now's the time to, to go after this. Wow. It just never left. That fire never died out. I love it. It kind of got a little weak, but it was never, ash that was covered with dirt right and you know i I think that's what happens sometimes to people is that motivation burns out you know what's the secret you know to that and you know for you and 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 maybe you know again um through uh your 
uh, let's say, epiphany or, or, or cognition of, of, of that, it'll help others. Because I think motivation is, a, is an issue for a lot of people. They start out something, and then they just quit. And you mentioned something, and, and it's funny, because we're going to have Mark Hominick on here, a UFC fighter as well. And uh, he's actually part of the book we're working on, Carlton, and uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But, you know, never give up. I mean, that's one of his things. And, and uh, listen, I, I want to hear about that part of it, because this is really interesting about motivation. I think small successes lead to to larger successes, and what occurred on the treadmill um, was was it was a glimmer of hope. And then I, as I said, I continued to train. And when I raced my first race, I had previously been rear-ended by a Dodge Ram, and wow. so when I ran the race, it felt like I had been hit by a truck. But it still, I placed in the race. Uh, I started doing more physical therapy type work with uh, Connie Schwarzendruber and Aaron Mattis does a lot of active isolated stretching. I had to improve my flexibility and as recent as last weekend, I was in the human performance lab at the University of Tampa and they couldn't figure out how I gained weight and lost fat mass, how, how my body fat went down and my lean body mass went up. Because typically, if you gain weight, you gain fat too. Sure. Mm-hmm. So then we we do the Wingate test. That. <laughs> <laughs> we did the Wingate test, and my output was about the same as a guy twenty years my junior. And this guy is always in the lab. You know, they pride themselves on being you know specimens of of physical fitness and strength. And here I am, forty five, and I'm 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 on par with you. And I, this is my first time doing this test. So those type of things keep me motivated. When I see uh, Pavy, Mrs. Pavy from England, she ran the uh, European Championships. She won the 10K. She had been running for, I think her career was, she had a 17-year career. She hadn't won an event, period. And at 40, she outperforms the best runners in Europe to win the 10K. And I guess they thought maybe she forgot her Geritol. Maybe she's got dementia <laughs> and she doesn't realize that this race is, you know, six over six miles. They felt that she was making her move too early. So they didn't answer. But then once they kept caught back up to her, every time she made a move, they tried to respond. And when they tried to respond on the last lap, she pushed away even further. They couldn't answer. The grandma just ran away with the show. So those things tell me that age is not a limit. If you focus in on what you want to do, you prepare for it, your chances are as good as anybody else's. Great point. Great point. And, um, you know, looking uh, at, at the, uh, you know, the next steps and, and your vision. And, well, first of all, let's, uh, let's talk about your business because I think that obviously um, it's something that um, you do and it's co- it coincides with, you know, um, what Alan said, you know, about this human machine. And I love the concept about that because, you know, it's, it's neat to look at it that way. Tell, tell us about your business because I, I know a lot of people um, endeavor on, uh, you know, uh, getting involved to, to shape their bodies, work with their bodies, um, diets, uh, you know, albeit going to fitness and all kinds of different things. Tell us about yours because I know yours is very unique and you've got something called, you know, that, that I believe you trademarked if, you know, if I understand mm-hmm. called fit ease. Can you, can you share, share with us on that? Yes. It's uh, training solutions that are first effective, ageless, safe, and efficient. If, um, if I take an individual that's been sedentary, say, for 15 years to 20 years, and I say, okay, I'm going to throw you into the latest fitness craze we have going, just pick any, anything that comes to mind, well, that sedentary individual is not suited for a lot of ballistic movement. He's not suited for a lot of intensity um, from start to finish. And so what I do is I look at where the person is currently in their fitness level. I look at the science of, of exercise, physiology, and some of the kinesiology. How, do, how is the body intended to move when it's not loaded? If we can you know, make sure they have a solid movement pattern as a foundation, then I can start increasing the intensity. I can start increasing the duration. I can start increasing how frequently my client exercises in a given week. And so I'm, I'm only moving forward based on how my client responds. Now, if my client is training himself, him or herself, we would simply call it auto-regulatory, meaning that I sense 
how my body responded to that stimulus. If it was too much, then I adjust the weight. If it was too little, then I would adjust, you know, the stimulus. And all too often they're told, hey, you just do it no matter what. No pain, no gain. And I have been able to work people for years and not injure them. Now, they, their bodies transform, but it's not at the expense of their health or their mobility or them having to take time off and work because they've sprained something or they've strained something unnecessarily. So it's very results-driven, but it's, it's based more in science instead of excitement. Oh, I like that. Yeah, for sure. Alan, take us away. Uh, let's let's uh, let's bring Carlton into um, you know some uh, some other questions, and, and and certainly I want to talk about uh, you know what's uh, what's going on with the Olympics and and things like that for sure. I think it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. Hey, thank you so much uh, for your honesty and transparency uh, as you're giving this great content to uh, our listeners. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with a little bit more elaboration with the Navy and with your relationship and how you work with Ariana Huffington and uh, what that really means? It talks about the uh, missing success matrix. Okay, well, uh, the Navy is really where I cut my teeth in working with others uh, up in Till that point, I was just trying to improve my own fitness to make myself a little bit more marketable to team captains in the neighborhood. Uh, to getting in the Navy, they recognized that I had a little bit of speed, and so I was recruited for the run team and uh, went on to graduate from my training schools and get out in the field. And in Spain, uh, the early 90s, um, the, the Navy began to recruit other specialty fields to support the SEALs. So if they needed, I mean, fictitiously, if they needed an accountant or an interior decorator to go out with the SEAL teams, uh, that person would have to be tested to see if they could meet the minimum physical requirements for SWIC training. And that's what I began to do for myself and to train others who were stationed with me. And from there, I went on to help the Navy with their fitness enhancement program. These were the people on the other end of the spectrum. They didn't meet the minimum requirements for physical readiness or they were overweight. And I helped 90% uh, of those enrollees to go on to meet or exceed the Navy standards and in some cases to salvage their career because three failures in a row uh, or within, a, I think, at the time, a three-year period, they would discharge them from active duty and give them an administrative uh, separate or administrative discharge from the Navy. And it was through that, those two extremes that I learned different tools and techniques to work with people at just about any fitness level. And as far as Ariana is concerned, I went to an event with hosted by Brendan Bouchard and she gave each of us a copy of her book Thrive. And she went on to explain that Regardless of how successful you are monetarily, if you don't take care of yourself, then you're really not successful. And so she coined the, uh, the success metric uh, to address that. You know, you have to, to look at well care or wellness to, to be able to enjoy the fruit of your labor. I mean, you know, she was working 18 hour days and it showed because the Huffington Post became this media juggernaut in a short period of time but when she passed out and cracked her cheekbone and gouged herself above her eye she realized that this this isn't the way to succeed because it could all just fall apart if you don't have your health and in worst cases if you don't have your life it's over so that gives me a lot of leverage when talking to affluent individuals when talking to executives to get them to slow down and focus on their own well-being Otherwise, they're like, well, it's not important. I think $315, $315 million as a price tag for your company is pretty important. <laughs> so if she's <laughs> saying agree. you need to stop and, and take care of yourself, whether it's, it's stretching or physical activity or sleeping better, eating better. I mean, there's a whole menu of things to choose from. Take them one at a time and improve your own physical health and fitness so that you can enjoy your life. I think limited mobility is one of the greatest concerns for 50-plus individuals. Because I don't care how much you pimp out a hover-around scooter, it's still a hover-around 
a very good point. And, you know, you have to take care of yourself. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer uh, in that same thing that you can't take the money with you. Um, and if you drop off early, you know, in life, have you really lived, you know, a full life that you could have? And, um, you know, it's a good point. And, I, and I'm glad you shared that, Carlton, because it's a, it's a great message. And, I, you know, I'm very excited to, uh, you know, get involved with what you're doing. Um, and, you know, interesting enough, you and I are going to be working on, uh, you know, a, a book together. And I'm excited because we're going to bring some other professional athletes together. And we're really going to do some great things for kids. We're going to leave it at that. I'm not going to expand too much on it. But um, I always like planting some seeds. I like, uh, you know, the, the anticipation for things. And um, I'm really excited for you to, uh, to be part of that because you're such an extraordinary individual. Now, you know, moving along and um, definitely want to ask you, uh, you know, um, in life, we always are, are faced with things. And, you know, I would imagine um, you've had some challenges. And, um, you know, you're certainly a Superman, but I, I, I think even Superman had some challenges. Um, what's your biggest failure uh, so far? And, uh, you know, something that, you know, uh, you can you can look at and, and, and it was significant. And, you know, share the lesson you learned and, and how you got through it and, and, you know, how you got to where you are. Well, I think my biggest failure was um, being around people that didn't appreciate, you know, physical fitness. You know, I'd have people that would ask, why are you trying so hard to get a perfect PT score? You're going to get the same amount of pay that I get. You know, you don't get any perks. Well, what's the sense in that? And so having to, to find ways to work out while I was on active duty, while meeting the requirements of uniformity, meaning that everybody goes to the same place, and everybody wears the same thing, and everybody does the same thing. I had three major car accidents where I totaled the vehicles, and so I had some physiological challenges. And I think that is what got me in the most, uh, I'll say trouble, I'll lightly use the word trouble, in the military was because I was not going to let someone tell me what to do when they didn't know what they were doing. If you're not scoring 300 points, you can't help me. You don't take a C-plus student to tutor a B-plus student with the hope of making that B-plus student an A-plus student. It just doesn't work. Right. And so I, I had to go back and forth quite a bit with the Navy. Uh, I think I, I kind of <laughs> helped myself out of uh, some <laughs> advancement opportunities. For and sure. You know, they say don't burn bridges. Well, I didn't know actually how to build a bridge before I could burn the thing down because, <laughs> you know, I was trying to do it my way. Sure. And they said about the 19 year mark, they said, I think he gets it, but I don't know if it's too late because there's the right way, the wrong way and the Navy way. And I was <laughs> trying to do it my way. And so, you know, that wasn't going to work. <laughs> but, you know, I, I persevered. I persevered. I made the best of it. And I got a lot of respect. And, you know, I became like the go to person, even though that wasn't what they wanted to be my primary focus in the military being physical fitness. I was able to make it work for me and to support my shipmates and programs that the Navy had in place. So I, I think that allowed me to fail forward, despite the things that I may not have received Along the way, if I would have behaved and, and been the square peg forced into the, the triangle hole, I could have been happy, but I would have lost who I was. Hmm. So I think it was a fair trade. I lost some, some advancement opportunities or some, some perky assignments uh, and works uh, conditions. But at the same time, I, made, I was true to myself. And it just taught me after the Navy, that networking is important. I, I do a lot more to work with people instead <laughs> of go off on these, you know, one man adventures, which they're going to be short lived if they have any life at all. Sure. And, you know, life offers those pivots at times, you know, when, um, again, I can, you know, totally relate uh, being in the corporate world and knowing that I just, you know, couldn't fit here and, uh, you know, going out on that um, limb and, and, and somewhat to your, you know, uh, sediment that, you know, when we're young um, and, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're full of energy and, um, you know, sometimes you say things or you, you do things and, and you look back and, and you wish you didn't, but at the same time, you're glad you did because that's what really made the difference and, and, and really pushed you 
uh, let's say, off that edge, um, to, you know, to quote uh, Deb Crow and, and talking about that uh, in another previous show. So um, thanks for sharing that, first of all. And, uh, you know, it, it just goes to show, every, you know, everybody in the audience that, you know, things happen to us and, and we have to, um, you know, for successful people anyway, uh, it's it's not a failure in life. And I, and I think we can all agree, um, you know, that when you look at it as a setback uh, at times where, you know, you have to take a pivot and uh, and go where your bliss is. And that's important. And you made, you know, you made a really good point, Carlton, about, you know, it just it just wasn't you and well, you know you recognize that and that was great sorry go ahead you know I, I saved an evaluation that that they gave me and if i read it to you know because i'll mention it to people that you know i was like the bottom of the barrel and they're like you i was like yeah you know because what the navy had assigned for me to do i was failing at it gotcha. and i i read it just to kind of antagonize myself forward because it wasn't so much to prove them wrong it was just that because they said, look, you could do whatever you put your mind to. And I said, yeah, you're right. But I'm just not putting my mind to do what you want me to do. Hey, you know, that's a, a, a big thing we have in our life is not, you know, living up to our objectives, but uh, not being slowed down by somebody else's objectives. And I think that's a, a big thing that uh, all of us have to be really, truly aware of is uh, not uh, spending our time under somebody else's objective, but living where we believe we have to go, whether it be in business or in our personal life. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the wheel of fortune goes around, folks. And um, I think that that's important to remember. And, and sometimes going down a path that you know in your heart that's right for you, you might be at the bottom of that wheel at some points in your life. And um, But I know, and uh, with experience, um, that that wheel will, co- you know, continuously turn around if you go wow. in the right direction. And uh, that's one of the things that you'll end up on the top again. So. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's, sorry, go ahead, uh, Alan. No, I was just going to say, in, in you know, to kind of follow that up a little bit and, and staying true to where we come from, a lot of times, you know, we can't just do it by ourselves. Right. It takes, uh, you know, or doesn't take, but we, we really secure and list the, the services of others to help us do that. And I guess that would be a question, uh, Carlton. Is there anybody or, or who is the, you know, the one person in your life that's really helped you? stay on track or influenced you the most in your journey? Well, I think from a a down-home perspective, that would have to be my older brother because he was somebody I could actually (laughs) reach out and touch. Uh, Sometimes he reached out and touched back, but, you know, that's the story (laughs) for a segment. (laughs) You know, despite our our fights and sibling rivalries, he was like a hero. Everything he tried to do, he excelled at from academics to acting to orchestra. I mean, the guy couldn't draw to save his life, but if he did a paint by number, his came out like a portrait and mine looked like you had a kid <laughs> doing finger paints. You know, I couldn't figure it out. And so he was the epitome of success. He ran into pin relays when he was in high school. Uh, he went to prep school where a lot of the politicians were sending their kids. Our inner city school had some programs for academically advanced students, and he qualified. And so I was always chasing behind him because I figured we live in the same house. You know, (laughs) some of this dust has got to eventually fall on me. And (laughs) he went on to college. He excelled as a mechanical engineer. And so I was always trying to make him proud of me or at least a, a, a achieve some of the same things that he had achieved because we were brothers and I think most younger siblings idolize their older siblings and when I have a kid that is excelling on as many fronts as I can see it spurred me on now everything that he achieved that I was pursuing uh, it occurred later in life you know when I graduated from high school I went to the Navy's prep school you know when I was in England in 2006 I ran the anchor leg for the four by one. You know, he ran the four by one when he was in, in high school. And so it may be days or decades, but he has been a source of, of inspiration to keep me on track and to keep me going. Oh, that's fantastic. And you guys still have that good relationship? Yeah, yeah. We stopped fighting uh, when we were mid-teens. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it and uh, totally, totally can relate. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's funny. And I think a lot of people can and, and you know, for the, those who, you know, keep in touch with their, their, their families and, and especially their siblings, um, you know, we can all, we can all look back at uh, those times when, you know, we had those uh, kerfuffles and, uh, <laughs> you know, we probably laugh about them over, uh, over, you know, holiday dinners and, and things like that now. So that that's fantastic. And, um, you know, Carlton, uh, you know, I, I think it, it'd be a shame if we didn't uh, talk about, um, you know, where people get a hold of you and, you know, how do they follow you? How can they work with you? You know, what do you have as, uh, you know, something that um, you can, you can, you know, share at this point in the game? Um, or in the show, I should say, uh, about, uh, you know, all the things that you do and, and where they can find you. Well, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. And I think the handle for all of those is Carlton Meadows. Um, Majestic Balance has its own Facebook page. And then Gold Meadows also has a Facebook page. And that's Meadows, M-E-A-D-O-W-S. Uh, the website is MajesticBalance.com. You know, I'm out there uh, in the public, well, in the internet domain for people yes. to find me. And uh, email works. So CFO, Chief Fitness Officer, so CFO at MajesticBalance.com. I love it. And uh, that's a good one, actually. I, I, I really like that and very creative uh, at that. Now, you talked, uh, and, and I think it's important because we're going to be endeavoring on, you know, helping uh, inner city kids. And, you know, as an inner city kid and, and, and being in that environment and, and giving hope to others and, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of how you've been able to bring your life to where it is today, Share a little bit with the audience, um, you know, on that, because, uh, you know, not everybody, you know, maybe clearly understands. And um, I I would like to bring light to that because I'm a big fan of children. I have four of my own. (laughs) And, um, you know, one of the things that I believe in life is that they're our future. And uh, all kids, no matter where you come from, should have an opportunity to be part of sports and have an education and be able to, you know, go out and create things um, that they most like in life. And, and that's what I'm dedicated to. So I, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. And then I know Alan has, uh, you know, uh, maybe another one or two questions we're going to get through um, on the show. Well, I think the key for me was that our, uh, we had a mayor, you know, we were a predominantly black city, not that we're playing the race car or anything. It's just the way it was. Sure. And the, the theme was youth, the pride of Gary. And so there were summer programs. There were uh, work programs. There was a, a big stress on Saturday school. And it wasn't because you were penalized. It was because, hey, if you are passionate about a topic, you know, you can come on Saturday and dive further into that topic. And so, you know, there were a lot of outlets to for us to dis- dissipate the energy that we had as kids and to see that if you wanted to move up and out, you would either need an education or uh, some athleticism. And so academics and athletics were what a lot of us did with our spare time. You know, and my, like I said, my brother, he, he and my sister were in a- academically able programs. And when you have people that have participated in the program and they come back because the coaches could reach out to some of the professional athletes that came through our high schools and they would come back and talk to us and so we could see that it was tangible if we persisted you know there was some work to be done for sure and I think that was another piece of it they taught us a work ethic they taught us some self-respect and dignity because even though we were from the inner city when we left to go to state competitions unfortunately I didn't get to go personally but the coach gave the speech to the entire team as we became as we approached the postseason if you will uh, competitions and he would instill within us that we were not going to embarrass ourselves, him, the school, or our community. And so we, they did some mentoring along with the coaching. And when there's direction given to a kid that is brought down to their level and they can follow it, their future becomes very bright. Now, when it's explained in philosophical terms that just go over their head, yeah, it's a waste of time. But these people cared enough to, to give us an understanding and to give us real life examples of how it benefited people who had gone before us. I love it. 
Thank you. Uh, thank you for giving us that perspective. And, you know, that's what the show is uh, designed to do is, you know, unique and raw insight and insight being, you know, the key word, um, you know, that, you know, you're bringing some, um, uh, some knowledge to the table that others would not, you know, be able to understand. But I believe when you do understand things and we can, you know, forge together ideas and then move forward together and change things, that's, that's what's key. And, you know, that's what I'm dedicated to. So thanks for sharing, sharing this. Um, uh, you know, Alan, uh, you're, you're with us. You didn't go to the washroom or anything. Nope, I'm still here. I've been taking notes diligently. <laughs> I love it. And, and, you know, that's great. And, and again, just to touch on that, because it's a very important point. And I am too. You know, I, I've learned to be a good journaler and, uh, you know, taking notes is very important, especially when you're getting uh, some wisdom from people like Carlton, uh, you know, who's gone through uh, a very unique experience in life and is well on his way to something, you know, that most people will never, ever be able to experience. Um, so I, I think it's important for people to take notes notes and uh alan uh you know take us uh take us into another question here and we have a couple uh couple of more uh before we uh we wrap up and uh of course i'll uh, i'll say my final uh you know piece um but sure you're up my friend hey carlton great uh great content and uh great uh inspiration and insight and you know we talk a lot part of you know what we do is uh you know insights about what it takes to to achieve in whatever it is that you're doing. And I guess to follow that up, you know, we've got a, a, a question we like to ask all of our guests. And it's, uh, it's not a tough question, but it's something that really uh, requires some thought. And uh, we like, you know, we like it to be real transparent and really truly insightful. And, and what that question is, is we talk about one bold move. And whatever that bold move might mean to you, if you had to leave one thing with our listeners about a bold move, what would that be? Hmm. I, I would think that some of the things I've done in the last few years has been bold, uh, going back to grad school. Uh, but I think outside of going to the Olympics, it would be in the entrepreneurial sense of trying to make fitness as respected as a Rolls Royce. And, and with that, I mean offering a service that is priced and in quality at the same level as a Rolls Royce because it's a $450,000 car. The person doesn't drive the car 365 days a year. They don't live in the car. They don't use it to generate income by giving folks rides as a taxi or an Uber driver. It's a car. And when they feel like it, they drive it. And I think to price fitness at that level so that the people that are affluent have an option that is commensurate with their with their other lifestyle changes. They're not wearing suits from JCPenney's. I mean, we're talking $3,000, $4,000 suits. And there's some quality that's, that comes along with that suit. And for me to put myself out there as a fitness professional, and I'll be unveiling a program that's $40,000 per quarter, Meaning that if you train for three months with me, then you're going to pay $40,000. And that's pretty bold, but I have the goods to back it up. Just like Rolls Royce, they have the product to back up the price that they have affixed to that automobile. There's a service, there's a process, there's an experience, and there's some prestige that comes along with that. And I, I like to say that a lot of people admire what bodybuilding has done for me, but few people a select few have chosen to purchase it. And most people will admire a Jag or a Maserati, definitely a Bentley or a Rolls Royce, but there's a select few that actually purchase them. Wow. Makes total sense. You're talking about high-end uh, participation and, and high-end development. And I think everybody should aspire to that. You know, not everybody necessarily is going to reach that in, in the eyes of the public or what they might think that uh, – a high aspiration is, but to apply that concept, I think that's something that everybody should aspire to because not only are you going to succeed at things along the way, you're going to attract that mentality and those characteristics of others along that journey. And like you said earlier, the, the, the one man show is not the way to go. And, you know, I'm looking for other fitness uh, professionals that have that same mindset that they don't want to be glumped into the, the average infomercial about a fitness product or a fitness service because it's very challenging to take us seriously when we have uh, 
agencies that offer continuing education units when they say, well, pole dancing is, 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 it's exercise. I'm like, no, you know, there's a difference between physical activity and physical (laughs) fitness. Right. Yeah. So our industry is becoming more and more convoluted and and I don't like it. And so I'm trying to make changes at the, say the budget level, but I also want to establish us at a higher tier. No, it makes a ton of sense. And, and, and you know what you um, you, you certainly deserve that. Now, unveiling the program that you have, and let's get into that just for a second, because you know we do get all kinds of people listening to this, and I and I think it's important uh, to the point you made and the relationship to you know the Rolls Royce of things. Because I agree with you, you know the value uh, needs to to match you know the program and people sure. um, you know uh, getting involved in these things. Uh, there's going to be there's going to be a group, and I, I'm a firm believer. See, I've been in sales for a long time, and I can tell you, it takes just as much work to go out there and, and sell. A, you know, let's call it in my world uh, at the time a ten thousand dollar commission, as it did for me to go out and close a one million dollar commission. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, where I focus my time. <laughs> <laughs> I focused it on the $1 million, and I was able to accomplish that. So on that note, um, what is the program called, uh, Carlton? Because, you know, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's going to be Kingdom Fitness with Ritz, uh, Fitz Carlton. <laughs> I love it. That is awesome. I love it. I love it, and uh, very creative, and uh, I can't wait to hear more about it. Now, Carlton, tell us something. Uh, you're going to come back on the show, I hope. Uh, you know, Absolutely. Look, we'll give you some time to, uh, to do the things that you're focused on and the commitment you have, and uh, good luck uh, you know, towards uh, the Olympics. We're all cheering for you. We're all rallying. We've got some really you know, great things that we're going to help uh, and, and with that support, and uh, I can't wait to, uh, to see see that all unveil and, and come together for you. So on that note, and, and we, uh, you know, have time for uh, uh, one more thing that I do want to bring up because you, you co-authored a book and I, and I want to bring light to that because, you know, as you know, um, you know, writing in general is, is not easy, but uh, tell us about the book and then uh, Alan's going to take us away and uh, I'll say my final piece. Okay, well, I'll make this a dual-purpose answer. Sure. Uh, I think one of the reasons we didn't get to hang out much, Chris, because when I met you, I was like, man, this guy is up there. He's making it happen. You know, I'm coming along. I'm still trying to learn the world of being an expert and, you know, an entrepreneur. And so I, I really, it was it was not quite being starstruck. It was just that I understood that there was a difference. You had put in your time to establish yourself in our industry, and I was just coming on board. And so I was I was... There was some excitement, but there was also some nervousness because we're our own worst critic. And so I was thinking, you know, give me a little bit of time and, and let me learn a couple of things and make a few more connections. And then I'll kind of be at a level where I could actually sit down and, and talk to Chris as a peer. And so I, I just wanted to put that out there because I was thoroughly impressed when I first met you. You know, it was a long way from the cowboy hat, but I was like, <laughs> wow, look at this guy. Well, I appreciate that, Carlton. And, um, you know, and, and we'll have a good laugh about some of that stuff uh, off air. Uh, but <laughs> definitely, I, I appreciate that. Okay. Now, um, now I forgot the question. So well, I no, guess we were talking about, about your book and, and, and where we met and you're, okay. you're endeavoring on, uh, you know, you, you did co-author uh, a book. Yeah. And, and tell us about With, that. With uh, Regency Publishing, what they did is they reached out to trainers across the U.S. as far as I know. They may have went international, but I'm certain they reached across the United States and, they interviewed trainers, and when I got the invite, you know, I kind of think Nick Nanton dropped my name somewhere, and the person was courteous enough to just follow through on his recommendation. That's he's never confirmed that, but that's just kind of how I feel because it kind of happened when I was when I was starting to reach out and try to learn from him. Mm-hmm. But I was in undergraduate studies, and I was finishing up my finals, and I'm thinking, man, I don't have time to write. But I said, okay, it's probably one in a lifetime opportunity. So I wrote, and because I was in school, I was used to doing research and citing and all this stuff. So I, and they said, don't give us these one and two sentence answers. And so I'm like, great, you know, I'm just writing stuff. And I sent it back. And then 20 pages later, they contacted me and said, look, we've selected your content for the book. Wow. And so out of all the folks they interviewed, they, they selected the top 11. I'm the, I like to say the centerfold you know, center info guy, you know, I'm right in the middle of the book, I love you it. know, 20 pages, 10 on each side of the spine. So that really helped me to 
kind of become more of an expert in Florida because when I interviewed over the phone with gym owners, they said, well, what do you plan, you know, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be the, the number one fitness professional in the state of Florida. Little did I know a year or so later or two years later, I'd get a request from a publishing company to be included in this book. And so it, it did happen. That's fantastic, and uh, well, let's face it. Uh, you know, the centerfold is 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 an amazing place to be in a, in in it some is. of the magazines for sure. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, Nick Nanton, great guy, and I uh, know him well, and uh, definitely will 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 be able to find out definitively at some point. So, Nick, I'm just putting it out there. I know you listen to our show, and uh, definitely, uh, you know, from that perspective, uh, kudos uh, if that was the case. And nonetheless, uh, you know, I know Nick's in Florida as well. Um, but Carlton, um, you know, thanks for sharing that. And, and thanks for, you know, it was important. And I wanted to bring that point up. And that's why I went back to it. And, uh, you know, I think it's, a, I think it's a, something you should be very proud of um, and be part of. And, uh, and, and that's why, my friend, I'm very excited for you being part of, um, you know, the upcoming stuff with the athletes and uh, things that I'm, you know, working on with you. So exciting. Alan, uh, you know, take us away. Hey, guys. Uh, Chris, great job. Carlton, great answers. Um, you know, Carlton, I just want to say, I'm, and, I, and I know Chris reiterates this, um, but especially from, from my position in life, I sure appreciate uh, being able to spend time with you and uh, hear about your journey. And, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy that, uh, you know, I, I get carried across the finish line, you know, on your shoulders when, when you compete. And that's me. I, I'm that guy. And uh, proud to be, proud to know you. Um, I'm proud that you're that you're on the show, and glad that you're able to give you know golden nuggets and uh, you know a transparent look into in, into your life of a professional athlete and business person and what that really means. And you know we're very fortunate. You know, you're in a in a in a great group of uh, professional athletes that we're having and have had on this show. You know JJ Burden, you know with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's yeah. been on and great guy and we got uh, mark hominick coming on with ufc and i i just think some great things are going to happen i so much appreciate that i love the fact that there's going to be a book with all you guys in it that's going to be fantastic i can't wait for that to come out i think it's going to be great so on that note um thank you so much for uh being part of this show and for agreeing to come on and and uh giving a little bit of uh, transparent life uh, you know, in, in what it takes for you to succeed and, and where you've been. So, Carlton, thank you so much. And, uh, Chris, go ahead and roll us out. Well, again, thank you, Carlton, from the bottom of my heart. You're a great friend, and um, I, I, I love you, and I'm giving you so much energy towards your, your goals. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you say goodbye to our, our folks as well, and, and, uh, and I'll take us away from there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, goodbye to the audience, and thanks to the both of you for having me on the show. I mean, it's it's recorded, but I mean, it's it's a little choked up to to be a part of this and to to uh, have supporters that like you and Alan, and to know that I'm not doing this by myself, and that I'm not the only one. There are other athletes out there, and so it, it's a great little fraternity to be a part of. And again, to me, that's a privilege. Well, thank you, sir. And it wouldn't be a show without me saying. Do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.